Um, so enjoyed this morning gathering together, praying, just seeing, I guess, the ministry taking place within the church. Um, as Andy said on the picture behind you, Joshua 15, there's a lot about um, the land being divided up. And so I want to focus in on 22 today, and just a specific part of 22 and some conflict that arises. But I would encourage you to, to flick back in your own time over Joshua 15. You know, God is a God of the details. And actually all that land, all that description is, you know, a kind of a culmination of all the Israelites wandering in the deserts as well. Plus be inspired by Joshua and Caleb, you know, encouraging men of God. So before we get into 22 today, I want to do a little game or activity, okay? Many of you, I'm sure, will have played the game or heard the game Chinese Whispers. It's a bit like a kind of uh, a pass a parcel, but you're saying a word or a sentence. And the humour of the game is, does the final sentence or phrase end up anything like what it originally started like? So the way I see it working, I've not played a game on this size or scale before, is we're going to start off on this side of the room, and you're going to pass the phrase on to the person next to you. Obviously, be, you know, be COVID safe, you might want to whisper it, or yeah, I'll leave that to you. Um, so, and it's going to end up on this side of the room, and I'm going to see what it, what it ends up like. Okay, with me so far? So I want the people on the left-hand side or the person nearest the chairs, if you look under the end chair, there is a bit of paper with a phrase on it, and I want you to open it up, have a look at it. If there's an empty row, it'd be helpful if somebody scooted across <laughs> and just pulled it out. I can see some bemused looks around there. I can see one person's got them. That's good. It's a good start. Okay. So if you've got that phrase, have a look at it. Okay. And I want you to pass it on to the person next to you. Just the phrase. And you're going to get one shot at this. And then you're going to pass it on to the person next to you. And so on and so on. Off you go. Let's see how we get along. And we've got to be quick. When I told Christy, my wife, about this, she says, this will take for ages. I said, no, it'll be fine. It'll be really quick. <laughs> she, might be right. she might be right as always. I need some background music. Come on, sound guys. <laughs> if we get to the point where there's, no, um, there's, the, there's a bit of a staggered row, then you might have to take it to the person behind you as well. There we go. The sound people are sorting me out. Brilliant. We're about in the middle of the room now. What I'll probably do is we'll get to about here and I'll pause it. So sorry, this, this group over here. Okay, I've got John is going to come in and maybe go and see Kim and we're going to find out what the, in a minute, what the eventual phrase sounded like. And Tim, do you want to go over there behind John? And there should be another phrase coming along.
just pick anybody there. Okay, that's great. Let's, let's go with that. Right, so John, what, did, what was your phrase? What did it come out like? Brilliant. I took my dog for some more well, some food. Okay. Tim, what about you? Okay, okay, slight difference there. Okay, what was the phrase there? Hey, I took my dog for a walk this morning and then gave him some food. Well, as a church, we've aced that. Okay. <laughs> Chinese whispers, we've done really well. You see, truth. Thank you, Rich. Absolutely. The problem is, most times, in most of our experience in life, we mistranslate things. We, we kind of get things wrong. And so actually, if you, if you look throughout history, unfortunately, there's been countless wars and deaths caused by actually people misunderstanding actions and mistranslating things. Now, even companies, when they're selling products, can be guilty of this. Uh, a number of years back, Pepsi, for example, launched a slogan which was, come alive with a Pepsi generation. The problem was, when this was then translated into Chinese, actually the same slogan read, Pepsi brings your relatives back from the dead. <laughs> Ouch, it's embarrassing. Even, personally, we get it wrong. Or maybe we just misunderstand, somebody misunderstands what we say as well. Has anybody here put their foot in it at all? Ever? Anybody Right. Anybody put their foot in it just this last week? Anybody? A couple of people. Good. Even with those people, then closest to us, we get things wrong. We misunderstand things. For example, back at Christmas time, Christy um, put on the shopping list crackers. And so I went to the shop got the things on the list. We sat down for lunch, and it turned out we had too many cheese and crackers. What she really meant was pulling crackers. And I got that completely wrong as well. And actually, some of those everyday interactions can, you know, can be cause of real misunderstandings. Another example from me is, um, Christy, when she said to me about, have you done such and such? And I always pause and go, hmm, am I supposed to? And from, but she says, she always replies with a very firm, yes, we had that conversation just the other day. And I've been married long enough to know, okay, you're probably right. My mistake. You see, even with some of those people closest to us, we get it wrong. As a parent of teenagers, I always try to creatively kind of phrase, you know, how was school today? And the answer never comes out the way I want it to. Even our written communication can cause us problems sometimes. So another example uh, with my son, I sent him a, carefully thought out every message, I sent him a text every day, you know, how was football trials? You know, let us know what, what time train you're gonna get back and what would you like for dinner this evening? And I wait for the reply, and I get the letter K. Not even OK. Um, and so, you know, with my teenage son, I can kind of roll my eyes and, and, and shrug it off. But actually, when it's other adults, sometimes we can assume that, you know, maybe something's not right in our communication. I had this um, co-worker, and it felt like I could never get anything right in their eyes. They were always picking me up on things, every mistake I made. And I thought, I assumed, man, they really don't like me. But as I worked with them more, 
what I came to realize is actually they just saw the world in a diff different way, at a different lens to which to view the world. And one of the lessons I'm learning is that it is a mistake to think that everybody sees the world the same way that I see the world. You see, our assumptions easily get us in trouble. So easy to take offense and then cast judgment on somebody else without knowing the full story. As a, as a school teacher, I see this in kids all the time when they act out their judgments on each other. And often it's their own insecurities which make them do that. The problem then with taking offense is that we often feel justified to tell somebody else about it. And the Bible is quite clear, you know, that is actually gossiping. Most of us then know it's painful to be misunderstood. So we're going to, in a minute, open up the book of Joshua to find out what lessons we can learn from it today. And so as Andy said, most of the fighting has been done by now. Um, and the tribes are given responsibility to take the land. Now, before they went into the promised land, two and a half of the tribes, and we'll see it up here on the screens in a minute, spied some land outside of the River Jordan. So that is Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh. And they actually said to Moses, you know, because they were cattle farmers, they wanted that land, can we have that land? And Moses said to them, before we give you that land, you need to fight, though, with the rest of your people in the promised land. And so we're now at the stage of the story where Joshua is gathering these tribes to him and is going to um, bless them and we're going to find out what he says to them. So I've asked Carrie to come up and read that out. summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, you have done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded. For a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your brothers, but have carried out the mission to the, of the Lord your God gave you. Now, the Lord, now that the Lord your God has given your brothers rest as he promised... Return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But be very careful to keep the commandments of the, and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave to you. To love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to obey his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Then Joshua blessed them and sent them away. And they went to their homes. To the half-tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given the land of Bashan. And to the other half of the tribe, Joshua gave the land on the west side of the Jordan with their brothers. When Joshua sent them home, he blessed them, saying, Return to your homes with your great wealth, with the large herds of livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and a great quantity of clothing. And divide with your brothers the plunder from your enemies." So the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh left the Israelites at Shiloh in Canaan to return to Gilead, their own land, which they had acquired in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. When they came to Geliloth, near the Jordan, in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. And when the Israelites heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan and Geliloth near Jordan on the Israelite side, the whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them. Thanks, Carrie. 
So Joshua has gathered these tribes to them, and he's blessed them. They're about to go on a journey about 100 miles, and the danger with that is that they're going to be isolated. Okay, we know that when we're stuck into community, as Andy said, when we're stuck into groups or activities, we're, we're more successful, we're plugged in. When we're isolated is when we're in danger. And so Joshua gives them some, some wise counsel. And just to read through his verse again, he says, be very careful, keep the commandments and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave to you. To love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua's uh, advice really boils down to obeying the Lord. And actually, you know, Jesus, similarly in, in recording John, said, if you love me, you'll follow what I say. However, on that journey, something unexpected happens in the story. They build another, an imposing altar to the Lord. And this is a problem, because the Israelites have spent time clearing out all the other altars already in the land. They've made space just for one altar to the one true God. <coughs> and it looks like the tribes then are setting up a, a fake altar, another altar in competition. Word gets back to the rest of the tribes. And some translations have, somebody said... So you can imagine they're almost the Chinese whispers that had gone through the other nine and a half tribes as they find out what their brothers have done. The nine and a half tribes have not seen the altar, but they're ready to go to war. And their heart is to defend God, but in this case, maybe they haven't got their facts right. So one of my encouragements from this book of Joshua is that God is leading his people, despite the mistakes they make, it's like the stumbles. I know before I became a Christian, I, I kind of thought it was going to be like the cherry on the cake. Like life was just going to be good, going to keep going and be successful. But actually, so much of my own story, and when I talk to friends in life groups, is, it's much more two steps forward, one steps back. And so it is the case with the Israelites, but God is always leading them forward still. But maybe we're at a stage in the story now when it is going to go wrong. You know, the tribes are literally going to go to war against each other. They're ready for war. So again, Carrie's going to come out and just read the second half of this. So the Israelites sent Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest to the land of Gilead, to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. With him they sent ten of the chief men, one for each of the tribes of Israel, each the head of a family division among the Israelite clan. When they went to Gilead, to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they said to them, the whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with a God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? Was not the sin of Peor enough for us? Up to this very day, we have not cleansed ourselves from that sin, even though a plague fell on the community of the Lord. And are you now turning away from the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, tomorrow he will be angry with the whole community of Israel. Shall I carry on, 21? Yeah, please. Yeah. When then Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh replied to the heads of the clans of Israel, the mighty one God, the Lord, the mighty one God, the Lord, he knows 
he, and let Israel know, if this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord, do not spare us this day. If we have built our own altar to turn away from the Lord and to sacrifice, sorry, to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it, may the Lord himself call us to account. No, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, the the Reubenites, the Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. That is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings and sacrifices. On the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours that you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us, to our descendants, we will answer, look at the replica of the Lord's altar, which our fathers built, not for burnt offerings and sacrifices, but as a witness between us and you. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offerings, grain offerings and sacrifices other than the Lord, sorry, the altar of the Lord, our God that stands before his tabernacle. When Phineas the priest and the leaders of the community, the heads of the clans of the Israelites heard what Reuben, Gad and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. And Phineas, son of Eleazar, the priest, said to Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is with us because you have not acted unfaithfully towards the Lord in this matter. Now you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's hand. Thanks, Carrie. Can we just give Carrie a round of applause for uh, all those words? Phew. So in this story, (coughs) cooler heads prevailed. Uh, They sent a delegation, one person from each tribe, to go and speak to the two and a half tribes and actually find out, get to the bottom of what happened. And the two and a half tribes then said, actually, they built the altar as a sign, not as a sacrifice, but as a sign, because they didn't want their ancestors, so the people coming after them, to forget that they were the people of God. And so I think for us, the challenge is is to, to check first. It's a tendency we have sometimes to, if somebody dumps some information on us, there's some good things we can say to them. For example, you can say to somebody, you know, why are you telling me this? That's always a good question. Uh, secondly, actually, if we've got a, a, a problem with somebody else, in the book of Matthew, it says it's so important that we go and speak to our brother and sister about this. We don't just pass the information on. But actually, and that means being brave. You know, it's difficult to do, but actually go and speak to that person that we have a, an issue with. Thirdly, we need to check out the facts. It's so easy in our culture just to send some information on, particularly on social media, without checking the facts. Actually, we need to be people who check the facts for stories to so make sure we get it right. So that, you see, the tongue is damaging. It's a small part of the body, but it's got massive potential to cause damage and disruption. And the world we live in, in many ways, seems to be more divided than ever. People seem to be doubling down on their their stances and opinions, whether it's their political persuasions or whether it's topical issues that come up. People seem to always put themselves into different camps. 
But yet we, as the people of God, have got somebody who, who unites us in our differences. And so we've got a saviour in Jesus who you know, is bigger than all of those differences. And so we need to be people who make sure you know, our first priority is to show love. At the end of our lives, when we stand before God, I don't think he's going to judge us. He's not going to judge us on how right we were, but actually on how much we loved the people around us as well. And so, as I come into land this morning, I want to say, let's be a people who are united. Let's guard each other's reputations. Let's be slow to judge others. Let's be curious about our differences. And let's, let's ask and not assume as well. So, Ollie's going to come up. He's going to lead us into to breaking some bread and bringing this together. Thanks, Ollie. Amazing. Thanks, Ben. It's great.